Hey, this is Erica from Thrillers, Chillers, and Chicks. I just want to go ahead and give a trigger warning as we do talk about suicide and abuse in this episode. If you or anyone you know is suffering from suicidal thoughts or ideation and or abuse, please go to togetherwear-strong.tumblr.com for an international list of hotlines and resources. Thank you so much for your support, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Thrillers, chillers, and chicks. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Thrillers, Chillers, and Chicks. I'm your host, Hannah. I'm your other host, Erica. And today we are joined by a very special guest, Josh Dupatty. Hi, Hi. Josh. (laughs) (laughs) You want to introduce yourself to the people? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm Josh. I did undergrad with Hannah and Erica. Fun college buzz. Big fan of horror movies. Uh, I would say that like horror movies have been, I'm pretty much a genre slut, honestly. Like there's there's no other genre I'd rather watch than the horror genre. Um, we want to know some of my favorites just for funsies. Oh yes, like, please. Yeah, I'm so I actually have a list on Letterboxd. Hold up, let me <laughs> let me find my ad on Letterboxd if anyone. We should probably get me. one of those. I don't know what we it is, probably, but <laughs> it's just a social media app for movies. Um, but my at is literally just my name, Joshua Dupatty, J O S H U A D U P A T Y. Um, but yeah, so my favorite horror movies, um, as of, how to spell my name. <laughs> yeah, you told me like two weeks ago, your last name. For five years, and I was like, there's not two Ps. There's not two Ps. Um, but yeah, some of my recent favorites have been, I mean, obviously like every person, Hereditary, The Banger, we know this. That's known fact. Um, but then some of the more like low-key ones that I've seen that I've really loved raw it's like this french one that came out <gasps> I think in 2018 so good i've heard so of that one good. so good the wailing a south korean film it's like this crime drama horror thriller supernatural it's really good uh under the skin with our favorite asian american actress scarlett johansson <laughs> it <is> a, <laughs> it's a pretty impeccable film though oh, no. uh, but yeah i i'm into i guess more like I, I do love a good slasher, but I'm like a cerebral horror person. Um, so I really can't wait to talk about this movie. Thank you for having me. I've talked a lot. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah, so excited to have you. Yes. Yeah, as Josh said, um, the three of us did undergrad together. And when we told him we were starting this podcast, he immediately gave me a huge list of movies. And he always has great things to say. So very excited to, to have him on today uh, to talk about The Invisible Man. Uh, a quick trigger warning before we start talking about this um we will be discussing abuse um of an abusive relationship and stalking so if that is something that bothers you um maybe just skip this episode this week um so the invisible man uh that came out in 2020 based on well very loosely based on the novel of the same name by author hg wells uh directed by lee wannell it follows uh, a woman named Cecilia, uh, played by Elizabeth Moss. As we said, we are on our Elizabeth Moss kick, uh, who has fleed from her ex-boyfriend, Adrian, um, a very wealthy 
scientist and the movie kind of follows her as she is convinced that he is stalking her but somehow not visible and she tries to kind of convince everyone around her of his abuse and of him stalking her even though no one can see him so Erica what did you think of this movie Ooh, I really like this movie. And one thing that I noticed, I'm already jumping into the juicy bits. Uh, one thing that I noticed is I feel like this is one of the few horror movies I've watched where I really didn't feel like the protagonist was making all that dumb decisions. No, I agree. <laughs> like, I totally agree. I could see how maybe some people are like, well, why did she do that? But I'm like, if I was being attacked by my invisible, awful ex-boyfriend, I think I would have taken either a worse route or the same route like I think she was doing she was doing the right things or trying to do the right thing I agree she was making a lot of really smart decisions trying to get away from him or fight him um it was just unfortunate that he he had this pursuit and was trying to you know come for her neck essentially never oh, trust God. a man with a phd in photonics is the main, <laughs> <laughs> main takeaway um i i also really love cecilia cecilia as a character um i thought like you said erica like every decision she made was just like smart to me like from whenever she would like sense his presence like she would make sure she had paint or flour like something to like track that but I think my favorite scene in like the whole movie, um, again, trigger warning, um, self-harm, but the scene, there's a scene where she's in the shower and she had just recently found out that she's pregnant with his baby, right? And when she takes that pin that she had like Ooh, snatched yeah. from his brother, says, you don't get to have me or this fucking baby and just goes in. Bro, that was so smart. Like she- that was. I feel like with the kind of pressure she was under, the decision-making was, like, on point. Like, I really loved her as a character. Mm -hmm. I agree. And, it was, oh, I'm sorry, Erica. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, that probably sounds bad, but, like, she was, her life was already over at that point, or at least as things stood at that moment when she did that, like, her, she was kind of stuck. Like, it was not going to no. get better. <laughs> that was kind of the last card she had to play. Yeah. I think one of the things that like she was such a great character and she was so well written and so you know intelligent and kind of cunning in the way she was fighting back but that was part of I think for me what kind of attributed to the overall horror of this movie was it yeah like you said Erica we weren't yelling at the screen like you dummy do this instead she was doing exactly what I would have done and she was still getting her ass kicked <laughs> the movie and her life was being torn apart in front of her nothing she could do like for me the worst I think for me the scene that stuck out the most that was like super bone chilling was when she was in the restaurant with her sister oh. <gasps> that took me so it took it just took every root I had in my head and snatched it I was I was like oh my gosh I was I wasn't expecting it at all out. And it was, it was, it was such a shock. No words. Yeah. Yeah. No words. <laughs> it yeah. was like, like, I feel like I was right there and I was like, yeah, 
and she's just sitting there after it happens holding the knife flabbergasted because like been thrust into her hand process that yeah i mean speaking of like cecilia processing everything i think as a character like there's impeccable resilience resilience oof english resilience that she shows um and i really like appreciated that about her character like mm-hmm. the whole time that we were watching the film i felt as though like cecilia was kind of breaking the mold of like a stereotypical like quote unquote final girl like she was pretty much independent when she had met adrian i mean she had her degree in what architecture right she was yes. an architecture mm-hmm. yeah she um was an architect and which is like a very high paying like well-established degree she was smart I mean, like, and then once we saw her out of the relationship with Adrian, like, she has a life, you know, like, she she has people in her life. She she wasn't, like, the stereotypical, like, dumb-ridden bimbo that I really hate seeing in horror movies just because, like, I don't know, I feel like that's so, like, humanizing to women. Like, I feel like that's not necessary. And to see, like, yes, this woman is very strong, she's very smart, but, like, I mean, anyone can be found in, like, an abusive relationship. Like, I think there's, like, impeccable resilience to her character. And I also just appreciate the fact that, like, she kept going. I don't know. Like, besides, yeah. like even when her sister died, like, she was still, she he was, was still gunning. Yeah. yeah. And like you said, it's just, you know, anyone can find themselves in an abusive relationship like that. And I think a lot of that resilience and that kind of determination to keep going comes from the fact that she was this independent, very smart you know, put together woman, and he kind of broke her down into this person who was completely dependent on him, um, or whether by her choice or by force. And I think it was, at least from what I saw of her character, this determination to not let him win and not let him continue to take things from her. Mm -hmm. And she was going to fight for her life back. If it was, you know, again, to that scene in the shower, if it was the last thing she did, she was going to make sure that either she got away or at the very least he didn't get her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love Cecilia's character. Thought she was, I, Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss, Moss is fantastic. Moss. <laughs> she did so a great good. job. She did, she did a, great a fantastic job. job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was very expressive, especially like from last week, the range, just the range. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> Visible man to uh, what was it the one that I love mm-hmm. yeah but speaking love- of her sister I also really loved her sister's character um like I my first time around watching it like I didn't quite pick up on the sisters like was let me go back to names I didn't quite pick up on um Emily Emily's relationship with like I mean obviously I understood like Celia and her were sisters but I didn't really pick up on like her and James's relationship Mm. and so like when I realized like oh this is just like a couple of exes who are buds I was like oh it's kind of cute like I thought in terms of like healthy adult relationships like it also displayed those pretty well like I really appreciated just the relationship the familiar like connections that were seen I think that was like very much so like one of the saving graces for Cecilia as a character was like Mm-hmm. thank mm-hmm. god she has these people at least you know absolutely yeah and I loved the relationship between her and James and his daughter where they really did treat her like family yeah protected her like family and she did the same for them 
Um, and that it was really heartbreaking when they kind of turned on her because like, obviously her sister loves her, but um, you know, she wasn't staying with her sister, which kind of showed maybe a little bit of tension there. Uh, you know, she had said uh, Adrian knew where her sister lived, but they're, mm -hmm. you know, they kind of bicker and argue a little bit throughout the movie, but um, James and Sydney, his daughter were very solidly there for her and understanding of her recovery. And then it was so sad when, you know, uh, Adrian started going after them and turning them against her and she felt like she'd lost you know these these people she could always depend on mm -hmm. that was another shocking scene especially like to have an antagonist that you pretty much don't see or even really hear about through the movie they do a really good job of making him this Everybody. really evil character yeah. that you just don't even really know what he looks like. Cause like, even in the beginning of the movie, like you really don't get a good look at him. I actually thought he was a whole nother actor until the, you know, the end when he, you actually get to kind of see him. But um, like when he, when he like slaps her, the um, Sydney, mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh. That was a hard ass slap too. Yes, <laughs> and it was it was scary, and I could kind of feel both of their fear, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Yeah, I definitely think um, one of my favorite parts—surprise, surprise—about *The Invisible Man* was the way they like went about. I, I'll talk about the physics a bit later. I have questions, but in terms <laughs> of like this, in terms of the cinematography of how they tackle *The Invisible Man* and all the scenes where he is like doing physical things. I thought it was like really impressively done. I really did appreciate the camera work, especially the scene where he hit Sydney. Like that, like that, like sent chills down my spine, you know. But um, that first fight scene that he has with Cecilia in uh, in her kitchen, where he's just like tossing her around, I mm -hmm. I just loved it. I thought like it was so well done. Um, the pacing was really well done. But then like the shots, like the wide shots, where it's like you don't. Like I, I think it did a really good job. Like yeah. in an empty room, and, and it's like you're just not sure. There, yeah, but you can't see it, and yeah, I agree. It was very, very well shot, very well paced, and kind of going off of what you said, Erica, about how we don't really know much about Adrian, but we just so vehemently hate him as a character mm -hmm. and it's interesting because they don't really have to do much beyond tell us his name and this is how he operates as a boyfriend and we instantly know exactly what he's like because mm -hmm. you know people like that are very prevalent in society unfortunately and like we've all been gaslit you know <laughs> Um, it happens to the yeah. best of us. I was gonna say, I feel like we've all had an experience with someone where we're like, they're maybe hanging on a little harder than they should, and you're like, I don't know how far they'll go or what they'll do to get back at me. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> <Rip. Here>. <laughs> <laughs> Like I keep forgetting, and then we talk about movies like this, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never personally experienced an ex like this, but my roommate in college did um, to the point where her ex would like stand outside our apartment and look through our windows to see what we were doing and see if we were home and then like get mad at us for what we were doing in the apartment. 
like if we were watching TV and we wouldn't answer their calls or something, they would get really upset. And it was just, they like memorized her routes to classes and to, uh, to meals. Shit's scary. Yikes. It's it's frightening too because it is that, you know, you're walking around and you're like, are they around? Are they going to like pop out of a bush? You know? (laughs) You never know. (laughs) Not to be all like TikTok witch, you know, but I do feel like people have like a certain, you know, when you are around a person, there is a certain like energy that you feel, you know? Oh, yeah, Um, for sure. I I feel like throughout the film, like they did a really good job of making sure that the viewer always felt that Adrian was there. Like regardless of where you were, regardless of where Cecilia was, like you always felt like he was there, you know, just right behind her ready to like do some shit. And mm-hmm. I think that like proved, like that really hit home during the infamous dinner table knife scene because it's like, you just did an ex- in an open room. Like you really don't expect something like that to happen. Mm -hmm. like that like malevolent energy that adrian brings as like an abuser and a character really like i think carried most of the terror through the film like the scary part wasn't the suit built with many cameras that for some reason made him invisible Mm -hmm. like that wasn't the scary part the scary part was like how far an abuser will go to like keep a person in the relationship Mm -hmm. or like mistreat that person out of the relationship i i was like mm-hmm. very scary. It's like your worst nightmare, and then they sprinkle on. Oh, and by the way, you can't. You and no one else can see him, and you're like, okay, great, that's wonderful. <laughs> Gaslighting yeah. the musical. <laughs> Gaslighting, really? but now you can't see where it's coming from. It's like you know how no one believes you, anyways, when you can see them and you have evidence. Imagine <laughs> if we took all of that away from you, anyways. <laughs> and they have money. <laughs> and they have money. Oh my gosh! Yes, and a minion. The brother's character was so wild. That was one aspect. If I'm going to be critical of the film, I did enjoy it thoroughly, but mm-hmm. I did not get the brother. I was just going like, to I did not get their relationship as to why. What was his name? Thomas? Tommy? Um, yeah. Tom, I was just yeah. say that. They, they didn't. It seemed like they were going to go one direction with it, and then they kind mm-hmm. of changed their mind for the sake of like a plot twist or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think it was supposed to be, which I mean, I guess in terms of a plot twist, it kind of worked because I I didn't, it only worked because I didn't expect for him to, to essentially, I mean, I I guess he was kind of tricked, but I didn't expect him to essentially be kind of like the decoy invisible man. Because to me, I was like, that's a whole lot of danger and, and physical nitty gritty work that you're getting yourself into and for what? Because I just don't know. As a character, I don't know what Tom got out of any of the things that were happening. Yeah. So it was kind of weird to see him just kind of go along with it. Yeah, and like the, um, what got me was, we're, you know, I at least am pretty convinced that it was Adrian almost every other time. Mm-hmm. Um, but how did Adrian know that this would be the time that they like got caught? and he would need Tom to be in the suit. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, oh, yeah. I, I fully agree. That was a little suspect to me. I was just like, I don't know. To me, I agree with you, Erica, too, that um, it just felt like, like it felt like a bit like a plot twist for the sake of a plot twist. Um, mm-hmm. It felt out of character. So I feel like if they had actually fleshed out their relationship, Tom's character a little more, 
like it would have made more sense. Like that that's just me being curious as to like why the hell you would go along with this plot that's likely to get you killed. You know, like yeah, yeah. for I'm... money, you're a lawyer, like um and then secondly, I agree, like how did how did Adrian know this one time, you know, this one time, like it's you know And then did I... he have Tom seal him up in the basement beforehand, or did he somehow seal himself up in the basement yeah. and get the dog to do it? Like <laughs> I'm so concerned for that dog through the entire movie. <laughs> but she's not good, though. Oh, yeah. I was like, please don't hurt the dog. Please don't hurt the dog. Like, I didn't want him to hurt Cecilia either. But I'm like, yeah. the dog would just be too much. The dog is always yeah. the last draw for me. Like, <laughs> like, haven't you done enough? Yeah. Um, but I guess I kind of have a theory. Because when I saw it, I had the same question. But I thought that maybe... Cause you know, she, so they, they're fighting outside of the mental hospital. It's raining, which is just a whole, that's all entirely, that's probably its own conversation, but that's a really cool scene on its own. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. at that point with between like the water and hitting people around and all that stuff, like the suit has started to kind of malfunction just a little bit. And you know, he, he runs off and gets in the car. So I took it as like um uh because there's a there's a considerable gap of time before cecilia gets to the house because that's like the invisible man's next stop so he can beat the crap out of james so i thought that there was some switch that happened there and then i guess i didn't think too hard about locking himself in the closet but with all the technology and weird stuff he has in his house i guess i'm not totally surprised that he could do it himself either yeah that's fair i guess yeah Unless he's like he can make an invisibility suit and I'm like but how did he lock the door from the outside <laughs> but like okay okay you know what let me go all like I've taken two photonics classes in my lifetime so I know everything about physics but like it just did not like I thought it was cool the way they tried to integrate like science into like this universal monster remake of like oh instead of just taking a potion and being invisible you know he has like this magical suit but it's not magic it's just little cameras but it's like those cameras like weren't that little like <laughs> i feel like it, like it would have looked pixelated you know he would have also had very little mobility the way it was like put together like when they pick it up it barely moves it's so thick <laughs> yeah like, I almost wish he had just had a magical potion. Like, I feel like that would have been more like, you know. Okay, like, so I have a question for the, the two of you, because all three of us here are STEM students or former STEM students. Yeah. <laughs> I love everything. Going on to get a PhD. So I noticed for me, about three years into my engineering degree, um, I started <laughs> Marvel movies and stuff like that started to kind of annoy me because like for Iron Man and stuff they'll just give him dialogue there's just random words and no. like, did you even ask someone who knows what I remember, like, I remember like this direct quote I think it was from Endgame when if Iron Man is I'm trying to solve time travel I'm he literally says something along the lines of can you give me the eigenvalues for that <laughs> The hoops just I was like, I know he's gonna say the eigenvalue thing because I called my friend at out of state, also going to engineering. And I was like, Did you see Endgame? And she's like, You can't take the eigenvalue of a single point. And I was like, like so you're telling me you're telling me time travel is solved by a linear system? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Like, I'm I sorry, I'm sorry. You're saying in my undergrad program, you are not doing enough. <laughs> like, you are not doing enough if the answer to time travel is literally a set of I matrix equations. I am sorry. All, when he said it, it was like, he asked for the eigenvalue of a single point. And I'm like, you can't even do that. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's <laughs> literally a matrix. <laughs> it's a matrix. Like, I was, was so like, so, I was like, what? Is he, did he build his suit in MATLAB? I'm sorry, that's... <laughs> <laughs> not Matt love but no that is the exact line that I always quote when I tell people that. like it's like I Invisible Man very much gives me that same energy of like that suit would not work like that you know mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah um, like especially it's like he just took a lot of little GoPros <laughs> Yeah, and I was like assuming that these are cameras and lenses I'm like Cecilia at least landed like a couple good punches on you at least mm-hmm. those things are broken like a couple of those are broken some of those are not working also how is it powered is it like battery operated battery like solar well, shit. all i can see is okay so you know when you get the fairy lights from the store um because you gotta hide them somewhere so he has like the little battery pack that you get off the cheap fairy lights and he has to like hide them <laughs> okay. where, where does he hide them that's up to y'all <laughs> in terms of like actual wattage like i'm thinking of like okay there are definitely scenes in which he is in basically like direct sunlight the way that you have to power those like lenses right to both capture sunlight and then having like a monitor of some sort to release something of equal brightness yeah. So like, have you ever turned your iPhone to full power and some, like, you know, it doesn't work. Doesn't work. You heard it here first, folks. Three motherfuckers with varying levels of STEM education said. I know. I was about to say, hey, uh, if any of you guys have been lost, it's okay. I'm the bio major. So, <laughs> well, Erica, I don't know what no. we were watching. We were watching something, and you like dead ass looked at me, and you're like, "That's not how feathers work," you know. <laughs> And then proceeded to explain to me like the molecular makeup of feathers, and you were right. It's but I was <laughs> it like black swan. <laughs> That's not how feathers work. <laughs> Ooh, something that I also just thinking about this movie. Something that I really appreciated was the score. I thought the score for the whole film was like impeccable. Um, from that first because I'm also, I was a band nerd. Okay, hey. so, so I can appreciate, exactly, Eric and I did marching band together. So I can appreciate a really good score. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to find the, the track that first popped up during the scene where um, Cecilia is escaping, like the very first scene when she is escaping from Adrian. Oh that gosh. Score is, it is some of the best horror movie. I, it's called Escape. Okay, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if anything, go listen to the piece Escape by, let me pull up the composer's name, by Benjamin Walfish. That shit is some of the best, like, horror movie Hitchcockian, like, score I've heard in a really long time. Like, it was just a really, throughout the whole film, really mm. solid music happening. Um, oh, yes. I think that really, that really amplified the tension throughout the whole thing. Oh, yeah. About that opening scene where she's escaping from the house like they just jump right in there i was on the edge of my seat through that whole scene yes and it's the beginning of the movie you're like and 
that, that shit had me. Not to mention, like, you think she's she's made it. You're like, okay, all right, we're good, we're good, we're good. And he starts like, get out running towards the car and then just shoves his big meaty claws through her window. I was like, bro, stop. There were a couple of times in that scene where I was like, what are you doing? But then something else would happen. I'd be like, oh, I see. She, yeah. she really thought through like every detail. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like from the drugs she was taking to make sure her uh, anti-baby drugs. So like the bag she had hidden in the closet, like in the vent. I was like, no, she's been, she's been planning this. This is like mm-hmm. very fabricated. Did y'all ever, because watching that scene kind of reminded me of like when I was a kid, did y'all ever plan like, okay, if I ever have to run away from home, this is how I would do it? Um, I wouldn't say that my family trauma. <laughs> <laughs> I thought everyone did that. <laughs> no, I had like I, a, did, I did not have an escape porch. plan. I, can... I was about to say, I was kind of thinking that so I can't. I had like a bag under the porch and I would be like, okay, so if I ever need to run away, I can put canned food in here. Listen, again, Hannah, you need to watch St. Maud. I think <laughs> I think a benefit will happen if you observe St. Maud. Uh, yeah. really I think the closest I ever got to that was more like if something bad happens, like a fire or, or a natural yeah. disaster, like here's how I'm going to grab my family and my pets and leave. Not my so usual, much like, if I ever case, need to run away from home. My worst case scenario, I guess in response to Hannah's, I need to run away. And Erica's, oh my gosh, what if there's a fire? Mine was always, what if there is an intruder? What <laughs> weapon do I have to defend myself? I didn't <laughs> y- see- y'all have that? I didn't sleep for like a year once because a guy down the street, I was like playing down the street with my friends and he lived down the street from us. He was just like, where do y'all live? And I was like, oh, I live in the yellow house over there. And then I got home that night and I was like, oh my God, I just told a strange man where I live. Where I live. And then for like a whole year, and my house was basically made of cardboard so you could hear everything. Like every creak, anything, I would be like, that man's gonna come in and he's gonna murder my parents and then my sisters and I'm the last bedroom. So I'm gonna have to hear all of them get murdered and it's all gonna be my fault because I was stupid and I didn't listen to Stranger Danger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever, oh. <laughs> I've never been afraid of someone really breaking in um, when other people are in the house with me. Cause I, I just, I don't know. I have confidence in my dad and my brother. I've seen them, they keep that thing on them. <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm by myself, so uh, there was a period of time where I was completely alone in my house for like a decent span of time. And I was too scared to even sleep in my room because I was like, if someone enters my house, it'll, you know, they'll have gone over, gone around, found all the kitchen knives or whatever before I even thought about waking up or, you know, could even hear them. So I slept on my couch in the living room and I had knives and like kitchen knives stored in different places in my house. So when my family came back and, you know, they like lift up a pillow and they're like, so um, what's with the knife? <laughs> what's with the what's random with this meat giant steak knife? <laughs> yeah, why is it in the shower? <laughs> though, I do the same thing. My dad had those, y'all watch Hunter Hunter, those like God, karate, karate sticks or whatever. <laughs> big wooden sticks and he my dad actually was pretty decent at karate so he had them I guess and when I was around the time this happened where I told the guy (laughs) 
they lived. I stole one and I kept it by my bed. I live in Boston right now, um, and it's like in a collegey area. Um, so around Thanksgiving time, there was like a week or two where there was just like three break-ins in a row, right? Ooh. And there was a break-in in the apartment below us, and I said, "Okay, so you know how they have those? Um, I if you can't, you guys can't see this if you're listening, but I have one of them in the back of the Zoom call. But you know how they have like those like." out external closets I don't know just basically giant hangers for when you don't have a closet yeah I took the legs of one of those and just left it by my bedside as a bat <laughs> just yes. I was like my shit is not getting stolen today <laughs> as you should oh my gosh I've been looking into self-defense classes because my parents are like you should take one and I was like oh yeah okay and then a homeless man screamed in my face and it scared me so I was like okay maybe I should and and I was looking at different things around here and they were like oh you can take Krav Maga but it's not really like a sport a sport it's just like to fuck people up and I'm like that's all I need (laughs) oh yeah I'm pretty sure one of my professors in college took Krav Maga wait which one I think it was uh inserts uh, BME lady professor. <laughs> Dr. She could <laughs> my ass. Well, I'm like name dropping professors, uh, but uh, she I'm was. Sure she took Krav Maga. She's in the no, bio department. She's a black belt. In no, 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 no. Not BME, BME. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I had about her, that. I had her my freshman year, Erica, for senior design. I don't know if you ever heard me talk about her. Not oh, senior, uh, engineering design. But um, um, I'm not surprised. This lady was very smart um, and she absolutely could have kicked my ass. I would have believed that even if she hadn't taken Krav <laughs> Yeah, I know um, yeah. for a while the school had, um, it was actually really cool because there was a, a girl, because um, so they had like the student-led fitness. Oh, was it Morgan? Morgan? Yes, she was Morgan the mom. Le- yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her and... She was great. So I, I took some of those, not enough to be proficient because, you know, school, but, <laughs> but it was really cool. Um, and she could have be- beaten me up and I would have said thanks. Didn't you say like in one of the classes, this like skinny guy was like, <laughs> I, I could beat you up. And she was like, okay, come, come on and try. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not only that, but uh, it turns out my skinny guy, or my used-to-be skinny guy, uh, sparred with her and lost, but it happens. What is it? Like, don't get me wrong. I love skinny white men. Or just skinny men in <laughs> but should we? But, let's, like, let's they have, sometimes they have the confidence that they should not have. <laughs> I mean, it's that, it's that joke of like bisexuals are attracted to two types of people <laughs> extremely attractive women and then the most unfortunate men you have megan the stallion and then sorry hannah matthew gray googler like, oh, <laughs> like no. it just doesn't add up but like, he doesn't, doesn't count up. i just think i've consulted <laughs> several straight and bisexual women and they've said matthew gray googler is on the better end of the unfortunate. The better, the fact that there has to be an end. <laughs> See, I told, I gave an example. For example, I had like, um, um, okay, I can't really think of a female celebrity, but you know, almost any of them. Uh, and then <laughs> for a long time, I was really into The Walking Dead and I was like in love 
with like crescent Norman Reedus. Oh my and like, God. I still love him, but I also oh have to God. acknowledge that that man looks greasy 24-7. Oh my God, he doesn't wash his hair, girl. I would love to meet him. He seems so nice, but... I mean, yeah, but girl... <laughs> Were you attracted he's to, like, cute. the actor or how he looked in The Walking Dead when he's just, like, unwashed and greasy? Both. I was watching the fan cams. I would, oh, <laughs> he was in, like, bl- a Blade, the movie, with the vampires, I mean, and I was like, oh my gosh, Norman Reedus. <laughs> Okay, my my very first like like celebrity crush or like person I was in love with. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Josh. You might laugh at me, but it was Samwise Gamgee from Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit. Who is that? Who? Like the Hobbit. Like, Google him. It's not even the main Hobbit. It's like it's even the main it's side Hobbit. It's a side Samwise Gamgee. Wait, what are those? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, though. I was in, in love with him. John Aston. Yes. Just saying, like, especially in like uh the desolation of smog, some of those hobbits. Okay. When they came out with the Hobbit, I'm sorry, I have to go on a Tolkien rabbit trail for a minute. When they came out with the Hobbit movies, first of all, that was Peter Jackson just stroking his ego and being like, I can make a better story than Tolkien. No, you can't. Be quiet, sit down, know your place. Second off, they were like, we want to make this movie more appealing to younger generations. So we're going to take the dwarves and we're going to make them hot. And at first I was like, that's stupid. They're not supposed to be like attractive or hot, whatever. But then you're like, tell me more. He showed up and I was like, I'm kind of okay with it. But like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I can't agree with you on this one. I, I'm trying to think of who my first celebrity crush was. Uh, mm, <laughs> All I know was I called Dylan O'Brien. <laughs> no, Dylan O'Brien though <laughs> is still my celebrity crush. Hold on. <laughs> There's something about Styles from Teen Wolf that just gets my heart going. Dylan O'Brien is fine. I love He's Dylan fine. O'Brien. I'm not as into him, but I I've already proven I can't really talk. But as much as you make fun of me, Josh, all I know is that we definitely made out with the same scrawny stop, white dude in college. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like that's so the team. Fan of each other too. Oh, it was oh oh. It was, and we oh. both were like, we did. You know, you know what? I don't regret it too. You know, I deserve. I don't regret you know? it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he wasn't bad. Um, I declined to comment on the quality. <laughs> I'm going to plead the fifth in that regard. Thank you. We're definitely going into a tangent. Do we have anything else to say about this movie? <laughs> so, oh, we're going to. Um, so, how many invisible cameras? Mm-hmm. Out of ten. No, 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 no. How many stiff, crunchy, invisible man suits out of ten? How many left behind dogs out of ten? Oh no, not the dog. Wait, did the dog have a name? Was it Max? I feel like it was Max for some reason. He was a good boy and I loved him. He was a good boy. Max and Max Max was like Zeus. Yeah. Zeus. Oh yeah, that was so cute. All right, so how many Zeus's out of 10 would you rate Invisible Man, Erica? Oh, no, I don't want to go first. Wait. <laughs> um, Josh? Uh, I would give it a solid eight. Honestly, due to Miss Rona ruining most 
everything last year. <laughs> out of all horror movies I saw last year, I would say out of all horror movies I saw last year that came out last year, I would say it was probably the most solid one. So I would say I would say eight Zeus's out of ten Zeus's. I would actually. Oh, I don't know if I count Parasite as a horror movie, though. You know. I count it, but I Do feel like it's a, a different. Movie? It's like a different. Breed. It's a different kind of. Horror. Yeah, it's instead a different of, kind of horror. Of death, the biggest horror is uh, class warfare. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The rich. The rich. The rich. Okay, if we count Parasite, then Parasite's definitely the best. It was the best movie. Wait, did Parasite come out last year? I do I'm okay. losing my sense of time. Hold no, on. Cause no, because all I Parasite remember. Came out two years ago. Parasite oh. came out two years ago. My oh, point I'm, stands. I don't have a My point okay. stands. <laughs> Okay, well, I think I would rate it probably seven Zeus's out of ten, just because I think it was a really solidly done, really good movie. Um, I don't know that it will wind up, like, being one of my favorites, but definitely very well done and thoroughly enjoyed it. I think I'm actually going to agree with the eight. I, um, out of a lot of the movies I've seen... Your first and- <laughs> Black people are always right. Oh. <laughs> Happy February, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Erica, keep going. Keep going, keep going, keep going girl. Sorry. That's on period. Y'all didn't know. I am white. <laughs> they are not. <laughs> and that's on period. Uh-huh. That's on period. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> But um, I had a good time, and I feel like it's one of the better, the better movies I've seen in I don't know how long, but I don't know. It, it's just up there for me. It's just so well done, and it made me feel such good, spooky, uh, tense feelings. And it did it continuously. I don't think at any point I was necessarily like taken out of the suspense. So mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the eight. So what does right. that tabulate to? 7.66666666. Repeating. Zeus is out of tune. Zeus. Not the man. Not the man. Not the No, not the not Tony Stark figuring out <laughs> I did not get them feathers wrong. No. I did it. <laughs> I did it. The key was in carrying the one all along. <laughs> the key was in finding out the limit does not exist. Did you know that? <laughs> did you know that the MCU is in the same universe as Mean Girls? <laughs> I can't even finish that sentence seriously. The limit does not exist. Oh boy. Well, thank you so much, Josh, for joining us this week. Yes. Movie. We've loved having thank you. Thank you for having me. Have me anytime. I have opinions. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. And um, we are going to also have a guest next week, um, my sister, as we talk about Parasite, because my sister begged us to watch the movie so we could explain the symbolism. And it took us almost a month and a half to fulfill their request. <laughs> yes. So. I'm excited. They are though. Completely I feel like I right, have a though, lot of the symbolism. The symbolism. I have a lot of thoughts about Parasite, so I'm excited I, to check I, that out. I as well. Many thoughts, head full. 
<laughs> the thoughts are well, stored in balls. Like it is stored in balls. No, no, no. <laughs> we'll have a we'll have a diagram on the Twitter in case. No. <laughs> Wonderful biological <laughs> diagram of where the thoughts are. I would balls. say most men that their thoughts I know. are stored. I mean, actually, that is a pretty topical um, analysis there. Most men do think with their, uh, I mean, look at Adrian, for example. He clearly wasn't thinking with his head. You think, you think his brain built that suit? No, that was some ball work. <laughs> he looked at his dick and said, okay, don't let me down now. I mean, okay. <laughs> 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 a lovely time. About that, that math. You gotta... <laughs> Tell me the eigenvalue of this camera lens. All right, now all I can see is like you're like cheating on a test, but you like you got like sweatpants, so you like pull the waistband. You're like, bro, bro, you like no, looking down. No, not talking. <laughs> Ew. Hey, like someone's next to you. They're like, what the? <laughs> totally testicular, dude. <laughs> So anyways, if you want more of this great conversation, join us next week as we talk about Parasite. Thank you again, Josh, for joining us. And until next time, everyone, stay spooky. Stay spooky. Hey, it's Erica from Thrillers, Chillers, and Chicks. And I just want to let you all know that our primary form of social media right now is Twitter. You can find us at Ann Chillers. There you can find updates and also give us your feedback on the podcast. Thank you again for listening and stay spooky.